Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Church. My name is Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here, and I just want to say I'm so glad that you are here with us on the very first Sunday of 2021. My hope for you is that you enjoyed Christmas with family and friends as safely as possible, and that by now you've already written your New Year's resolutions and you've already got them in place. You know, statistically, they say that within the next few days, all of those resolutions will drop off, which is crazy to me because the reason you thought about them, the reason you made a plan to do them, and the reason that you've been executing them for the last couple of days is because there's something in your life that you want to change. There's something you looked at that said, this could be better. And I'm here to tell you that, that if you want to have the best year of your life, it needs to be the best year spiritually of your life. Because here's the thing, you and I, we are a triune being. We are body, soul, and spirit. And we, if we want to have the best year, then we need to make sure that we take time to focus on our spiritual habits. A lot of times we focus on our physical habits, we focus on our soul habits, but it is so important that we key into our spiritual habits. That's why at the beginning of every year for the last, I wanna say about four years now, we have done something called 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this year, our 21 days actually starts today, January 3rd. And many of you that have been with us for a while, you already knew that that was the case and you've already planned to join us. But but I want you to know that, that, that it's important that you do join us. So even if you didn't know until today, you can go ahead and join us starting today and going forward uh, as we as we set out some time every day to prioritize God by getting in his word and also talking to him. That's what we call prayer. You can do that. We're actually providing ways for you to connect with us January 3rd through the 23rd, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on Facebook. We're going to go live and we're going to have a short reading of the word of God, talk about it a little bit, and then have a time of prayer where we pray for one another. It is going to be the best part of your day. You're not going to want to miss it. And then on Saturday, we're going to have a worship set list prepared for you so that you can spend Saturday in worship. And of course, Sunday, the way that we'll prioritize God is being here and worshiping together online as a church family. But I just want to encourage you to be part of that. And in, and we've even set a, a, a sound uh, track for this next 21 days of prayer. If you'll uh, look in the link or if you're in our, our, our campus right now, you'll see a link that is being posted to a Spotify set list that we have curated just for you for this 21 days of prayer and fasting. We know that you're going to enjoy it. Now, we don't just pray. You heard me say fasting. And fasting is one of the most powerful things that we can do together. And I've taught on it before, and, and there are lots of full messages that we have. We even have resources on our website. Today, I'm going to give you a little bit of some information on fasting before I get into today's message because I want you to understand how you can participate if you've never joined us in a fast. So here we go. Here are the different kind of fasts. The first kind of fast is something called a complete fast. And a complete fast is where you choose not to eat anything. You're not going to eat, consume any kind of food of any kind. Now, if this is a fast that you're going to do, which is a fast that we saw that Jesus did, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. He actually fasted for 40 days uh, and nights and he didn't eat anything. Uh, if you're going to do something like this, I would encourage you that this needs to be something that is led by the Spirit of God to do because you're going to need his strength and you're going to need his power to do it. And then I would also tell you that, that in this day and age, we take a lot of medications, we have a lot of health conditions, and that if you're going to walk through a complete fast where you choose not to eat anything at all for the next 21 days, 
make sure you consult your doctor and have, have a conversation with them. Make sure that it's physically safe for you to be able to do that. Amen, everybody? Now, the next fast is a selective fast. Now, this is where you choose to, to fast certain kinds of food. A lot of people uh, in, in our church history have fasted uh, sugars. They've fasted uh, coffee. They've fasted uh, certain kinds of food like the Daniel fast where you're eating just fruits and vegetables or uh, something like the, the Whole30 where you're, you're only going to eat certain kinds of meats and you're only going to eat certain kinds of things. So, so there's a selective fast that you can do for the next 21 days. You say, God, I'm going to honor you by denying my body this. And let's kind of be honest, every single one of us could go on a sugar fast. We've all had plenty of it uh, over the holiday season. We, we've stored up and saved. We can go ahead and do that one. But, but, but that's what a selective fast is. And a partial fast, a partial fast is where you decide I'm going to eat whatever I want to. I'm just going to fast certain kinds or certain times of day, maybe. So you say, maybe I'm going to fast breakfast every day, or maybe I'm going to fast lunch every day or dinner, and or, or maybe I'm going to fast breakfast and lunch or do a typical Jewish fast where they fast all day long until the sun goes down and then you can eat and you'll eat whatever you want. If you're following any of the, the trend diets today, they call this intermittent fasting. So you may recognize it by that name. And then the last kind of fast is something called a soul fast. Now it's important that we, that we fast in our bodies, that we exercise some discipline, denying ourselves things that we want to eat, things that we like to consume, things that have an impact on us, things that, that give us endorphins and things like that as we deny ourselves that and look to the Lord for the source of those things. But it's also important that we, we fast something for our souls. And what I'm talking about things is the things that I'm talking about are, are things that we consume, uh, not through our mouths, but, but through our ears and through our eyes. I'm talking about the things that we watch on television. So maybe, maybe a soul fast that you want to do is something you, you just turn off the TV for the next 21 days. Or maybe, maybe it's just to turn off social media. And, and some of you, you'd already be better spiritually if you did that for the next 21 days anyway. Or maybe, maybe it's just to, to, to turn off secular music for the next 21 days and tune into that. Spotify playlist for the 21 days of prayer and fasting, like, like just filling yourself up with God, because that's what fasting does. It turns down the volume of the world and turns up the volume of the Holy Spirit. And we need more of that in our lives. Amen, everybody. And so here's what I want to tell you during these 21 days of prayer and fasting, man, this is something that's just going to build you spiritually. This is something that's going to set the pace for the rest of the year. And if you want more information on it, you can go to our website or you can get onto our church app. There's actually a button that talks about 21 days of prayers. You can click on that underneath the events tab and it has way more information for you. Some articles and different things like that to help you understand. But, but understand this, it's not just about what you deny yourself. It's really, really important that you get this because if it's just about not eating certain things, and then that it's just like a diet kind of thing. It's about what you deny yourself and then what you feed yourself. So it's important that, that when you're choosing to fast, if you're not going to eat a meal or in, and you're going to take time to consume something, that means you're going to read God's word. You're going to find some devotionals, maybe use the Bible app and get into one of those devotionals there, or you're going to make sure that you tune into 21 days of prayer. Every day that we are live, you're going to make sure you do that and you're going to spend some time listening to some of the old podcasts and, and messages that we have that, that you're going to fill yourself up with things that are of good report, things that are lovely, things that, that are holy, things that are righteous. You're going to fill yourself up with the right things during this time. And you're going to watch. It'll change your year. I promise you that. 
You turn up God's, the volume of God's voice in your life, it'll change everything. Amen, everybody? So make a plan to join us during this 21 days of prayer. So here we are in this brand new series, and I have a key thought for us. It's this Close Encounters of the God Kind series. Here's a key thought is that God isn't just to be understood. He's to be encountered. God isn't just to be understood. He's to be encountered. That's why it's not enough to just attend church on a Sunday morning to get to know about God. It's important that you have an experience, an actual encounter with God that, is, that goes throughout the rest of your life. That means it's, it lasts throughout the rest of your days. It's the most powerful thing that each of us can have. It's an encounter with God. It changes everything. It isn't my sermons that change everything, which kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. It isn't the worship songs that we sing. It isn't the serving opportunities that we have. It's encounters with God that change everything. And all throughout scripture, in the Old Testament, which is everything before Jesus came, and the New Testament, which is the last half of the Bible, which is everything once Jesus shows up here on this earth, it is clear that God wants to move in your life and that he does that through encounters with him. It's important that you see that. It's clear, we're gonna look at one character today uh, in the Old Testament through the the life of Jacob. It's clear to see uh, that that. This is a guy we can relate to and that this is a guy uh, who had an encounter with God. So here's who Jacob was. And he's he's somebody whose life was forever changed because of his encounter with God. And, And again, like I said, I feel like he's somebody we can relate to. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. He was uh, had a twin brother named Esau, which, by the way, his twin brother uh, Esau was born first. Uh, Esau was was very, very hairy boy. Uh, the Bible talks about when Esau came out of the womb, Jacob was actually grabbing at his uh, his his heel. And uh, that's how he earned the name heel grabber or actually got his name uh, Jacob, uh, which means heel grabber or deceiver. And uh, and so and, and the Bible even talks about the fact that Jacob and Esau had such strife between them that they were fighting in the womb. Now, come on, everybody. I fought with my siblings when I was outside of the womb as a, as a teenager and as a young kid in middle school. But they were fighting in the womb, man. That that's some sibling rivalry rivalry right there. So both of them, uh, both of them uh, born with with a struggle and Jacob's life, in fact, was, it, was a, a struggle. His entire life he spent struggling and wrestling. And I think we can relate because we've got the struggles of our finances, we've got struggles of our marriage, we've got the struggles with our past and worry and anxiety and struggle with our future and, and our careers. And, 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 and if we would identify and say, you know what, that, that like Jacob, because he spent his whole life wrestling, because he spent his whole life struggling, we would probably be able to put our finger on something and say, if I wasn't struggling or wrestling with this, then my life would be better. And I'm going to show you how, like Jacob, when you encounter God, you can settle the wrestling in your life. So let's look at the end of Jacob's story. We're going to go to the scriptures. And it says, that night, Jacob got up. Again, like I said, this is towards the end of Jacob's life and the end of his story. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, which is a whole other thing. That's not what our church is all about, by the way. This was like a cultural thing that was back in the day. Some of you are like, man, I kind of like this church already. And some of you are like, no, thank you. I don't need a second wife, right? But here we go. So he took his two wives 
his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford at the Yabat. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now, in uh, scripture, we see these things where, where, that are called uh, Christophanies, where they have this strange man that just kind of appears on the scene and they're not really sure who he is and they try to describe him. Uh, it, this happened in Jacob's life where there was this man that just appeared that he wrestled with, but it also happened in the story of, of uh, Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, where they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And that's three guys. And, and the King Nebuchadnezzar threw him in was like, didn't we throw in three? Because I see a fourth man. And so, so, so theologians tell us that this appearance of this man could have been Jesus. And I believe that it was, that he showed up in the flesh uh, long before he was ever born here and in these ways to serve and to help people and to make a difference in people's lives, right? And uh, and so, the, again, called a Christophany. Now, it's, it's also possible that this was an angel, but it was certainly, most certainly, somebody that was sent on behalf of God. And so, uh, again, like I said, this man is likely likely Jesus, but he says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, so he's talking about the, the man couldn't overpower Jacob, so Jacob's wrestling with him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak, right? So, so here's what's happening. They're wrestling and Jacob, because he's wrestling with God, the, 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 the man touches his hip and says, you're going to forever walk different because of this encounter. And some of you, that's what you need. You need to walk different. You'll walk different away from the encounter that you have with God. And some of you are resisting what God wants to do in your life right now. You're wrestling with him, but he wants to do something. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. And the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So here he is, the guy's done. He's tapping out. He's, I'm, I'm done. I've done the work that I want to do in you. I've changed how you're going to walk. And, and, and now I need to go on. And some of you are just like this. This is, this is what God's doing in your life. He wants to change how you walk. But Jacob wouldn't let go. Jacob would not let go. And, and his prayer is my prayer for you this year, that you get the tenacity that holds on and says, I'm not going to let go unless you bless me that this thing that you've been wrestling with in your life, that area of your life that you would say, if I wasn't wrestling with it, it would be better, that you would decide, God, I'm gonna hang in here in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna let go until you bless me, until I walk away from this situation, walking away differently, that my marriage is changed, that my finances are changed, that my heart is changed, that my relationships are changed. Lord, that that addiction is broken in my life. Like, God, I'm not gonna walk away until you bless me. Don't let go. That's my hope for you. That's my prayer for you in this season. So the man asked him, what's your name? And, and he answered, he said, Jacob, Jacob, because that's who his, that's who he had been. And he, he had been living underneath the label of his name because Jacob means heel grabber or trickster or deceiver. And that's who he had been up until this point. He had spent his life deceiving and tricking people to get all that he wanted. But from this point on, he wasn't going to live like this anymore. He wasn't going to live like this anymore. And, and, and then the man said to him, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it'll be Israel because you have struggled with God 
and with humans and have overcome. He said, you're not going to be like this anymore. From this day forward, your name is not going to be that. The label somebody put on you is not going to be who you are anymore. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great that in a moment, in a, in a moment, in an encounter with God, to have the entire trajectory of our lives transformed uh, in an instant, everything gets changed. And I'm here to tell you today that you can have it. You can have an encounter with God. You say, well, Aaron, I don't know about that because my marriage, well, it's just always been this way. We've always struggled. Well, not anymore. Well, Aaron, I don't know. I'm in this addiction and I've wrestled with it. I've gone back and forth. I've been sober and I've relapsed and I've been sober and I've relapsed and I've embarrassed myself and humiliated my family and not anymore. How about you say, well, I've, I've just lived underneath the label of who they said I was. I've been, I've been, uh, or what I've done. How about not anymore? Not from this day forward. You encounter God and all of that changes. You're no longer going to be a liar. You're no longer going to be a thief. You're no longer going to be an addict. You'll no longer be depressed, anxious, or overcome. Not anymore. And Jacob was no longer going to be a trickster from that day forward, a deceiver, because he wrestled the right way. He wrestled with God. And then watch what Jacob does. Jacob then goes on to ask. He says, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Isn't that like us? That once God decides he wants to do something, we want the details. Hey, I need you to fill me in on how you're going to do this. I need to know your name because I need to know because names represented who they were, right? I want to know what's your name. Tell me who you are. Tell me how you're going to do this. How are you going to bring about this change? And we start asking all the questions and we want to know the plan before we just step on into it, before we receive the blessing. But the man says, he said, why do you ask my name? And then he just, just breezes it on past it. He doesn't tell him. He says, then he blessed him right there. He just blessed him. God says, nope, let me bless you. I'm not going to tell you how it's going to be done. Let me just go ahead and begin this journey. Let me go ahead and change the way you walk forever from here on out. And let me bless you. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face, which is our hope for you this year, that you'd see God face to face. And yet my life was spared. And I'll tell you what, it's not that his life was just spared. It was changed forever. And here's what I think. I think that many of us, are wrestling between who we've become and who we're supposed to be. We're wrestling with who we've become and who we're supposed to be. We're struggling with through how things currently look versus how you feel like God desires your life to be. Because I know that you hear me every Sunday talk about the blessed life, hear you talk about how it's better, hear you talk about God's ways are better. And maybe you're looking at yourself saying, I'm not sure I can have that. And you're wrestling with that right now. You know, as a kid, uh, every, every year, uh, my dad would, uh, would rent uh, or pay on pay-per-view uh, something. It was just, just, just tradition for us. We did it around Thanksgiving and at different times of years, we watched Survivor Series and, and WrestleMania. And I, I'm old school and, and I'm also, because I'm old, that's why I'm old school. Uh, but, but I watched WWF. It was WWF then. Now it's WWE. But I watched wrestling with Hulk Hogan, Coco Beware, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Come on, somebody. I watched it with the, with the uh, Brett the Hitman Hart and Owen Hart. God rest his soul. I, I watched it with all these amazing athletes. And I loved it. I loved watching all these old school wrestlers every year and getting the pay-per-views and inviting my friends over to watch it with me. 
that didn't happen. I didn't invite my friends over. I'm just kidding. But we watched it as a family. It was, it was a great tradition for us. But the thing about wrestling is, is there's this struggle, right? There is, in fact, the way that you win in a wrestling battle after you have slugged it out is to knock a guy down on the ground and then to get on top. It's all about who's on top at the end after they've slammed each other around. And I don't know about you. Let me just ask this real quick. This is just like a sidebar kind of thing. What do you think about wrestling? <laughs> do you think it's fake or do you think it's real? If you're in our, in our online campus or watching on Facebook, just share below whether you think it's fake or whether you think it's real. But I, I'll tell you this about wrestling is it's really no different than daytime soap, soap operas, right? It, it's all about the drama. I think all the drama is fake. But let me tell you something. Every fall they take, every slam they make, those things are all real. They are definitely getting hurt on a regular basis. That They are supreme athletes in their field for sure. So, so what, whether the storylines are faked, it, it doesn't matter to me because all the rest of that is very, very, very real. And, uh, and growing up, I used to love it. I absolutely used to love it. So, so, but here's what I think and why I bring it up. Because I think we are in the WrestleMania of our lives. I think we are... Uh, surrounded by, by a constant wrestling, just like Jacob. And I think that, that when we look at our lives and Jacob's life, the parallel is that there are three things that Jacob wrestled with that we wrestled with too. And the first thing he wrestled with is, is wrestling with our past. Wrestling with our past. Jacob, Jacob wrestled with his past and we do too. We, we, we ruminate and think about over and over again, well, I can't believe that I did that or that I didn't do that. I can't believe that I slept with that person or I can't believe I dated that person. I can't believe that person left me or that I left them. I can't believe that how things have turned out. I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe I did that to them. I can't believe that that happened or I can't believe that they're gone or, or I can't believe that, that I left. And we spend a whole lot of energy in our lives wondering and ruminating on how we got here. And I don't think we spend enough energy on how to get where God wants us to be, right? You ever gotten lost before? When you're driving someplace, you got from destination A to destination B and you wind up at destination D, what's the first thing you do? You get, you get your map and you try to figure out how it is that you got lost. You try to figure out all the wrong turns that you took that got you to destination D when you're trying to get to destination B. When really the only thing that matters in that moment, when you're, when you've left point A and you're trying to get to point B, but you're at point D, how you got to point D doesn't matter. It's how you get from D to B that matters. It's the only thing that matters. And yet we spend so much energy going, how did I get here? Gosh, I feel so stupid. We're embarrassed and we worry and wonder and regret and lament and our energy would be better spent somewhere else. We're trying to reconcile our mistakes, maybe even try to find a way to blame, because especially if you've got somebody in the, in the captain seat or in the uh, co-captain seat next to you who's been giving you the directions. We want to lay blame and absolve ourselves for the mistakes we made and how we got there. And really, it doesn't matter. We are where we are. Now let's just figure out our next step. We're wrestling with it instead of pressing toward what's ahead. And Jacob did that too. There was a label that was put on him, deceiver, and he did. He deceived lots of people throughout his lifetime. And that's some of us too. Someone put a label on you. But listen to me, we can't go back and change the beginning. 
but we can start where we are and change the ending. That's so good. That's good news to somebody. In fact, this is what Jesus came for. Jesus settled our past so that we can have a different ending, that from this day forward, everything can change. Some of you need to write this down. Some of you need to screenshot this. Some of you, you know that you need to hang this up on your mirror and look at it on a regular basis so that you can settle the issues that you've been wrestling with from your past. <clears throat> Maybe you just need to rewind this and listen to it again, but start from where you are. Quit wrestling with it. Forget those things that are behind you and press toward the things that are ahead of you. That's Philippians 3.13. That's what Paul said that he does. And Paul said that from jail. He wasn't worried about how he got to jail. He knew how he got to jail. He was worried about from this day forward. What's ahead? He's like, I'm gonna put my energy to that. If you don't buy into what Paul said, okay, look what kind of God we serve. Here's what he had to say about this. He said, but if from there, if from there, watch this, from there, not, not, not from where you need to be. He says, if from there you seek the Lord, your God. In other words, wherever you're at right now, this is why we talk about being a church that has come as you are. You ain't got to fix yourself up. You don't need to clean yourself up. You don't need to quit cussing or, or, or change anything about your life. Just come where you are. If from there you seek the Lord your God, watch, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. That's Deuteronomy 4.29. From there, no matter how many mistakes you've made, if from there, no matter how many marriages you've had, if from there, no matter whether you've had an abortion, if from there, no matter how many jobs you've lost, if from there, no matter how long you've been addicted, if from there, no matter how deep the depression, if from there, no matter how broken your life is, if from there, if from there, you'll seek God with all of your heart, with every bit of you, you'll find him. There's no judgment here. There's just an invitation to start where you are. If from there, it's like a vow in a wedding, right? When you take this vow, you say from this day forward. It's from this day forward. Like Paul said, and now Isaiah the prophet says, check it out. He says, forget the former things. So let go of that stuff. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. God's like, I got something new for you. If you're gonna spend all your energy looking back, you're never gonna have this thing that I have for you. In fact, he says, now it springs up. He's like, it's here. It's here. It's what I'm telling you about right now. And then you can almost hear him a little frustrated. Do you not perceive it? Do you just not see it? Are you letting the past destroy what your future can be? Do you not see it? Are you letting it blind you? Are you letting it dismiss the future that you can have with God? He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. Man, that's a dry place. And streams in the wasteland. Wow. Wow. This is who God is. He has so much for you. You need to stop wrestling with your past. Here's the second thing Jacob wrestled with that we also wrestle with is wrestling with our secrets. Man, Jacob was named deceiver long before, before he deceived anybody, but he had this label that he began living out. In fact, Jacob was somebody who, like I said, he was born second, but he wanted his father's blessing. But his father's blessing, according to Jewish custom, was reserved for the firstborn. It was called a birthright. And Jacob wanted it. He wanted his dad's affection and his love, but he wanted that blessing. But he didn't understand that that blessing wasn't about his dad's love or affection. 
It was about the fact that the oldest son, when the father had passed away, was given more of the, the inheritance because it was his responsibility to take care of mom and to take care of the rest of the family that was left behind, the servants and the flocks and everything. And so Jacob didn't understand that, but he, but he wanted... He wanted that blessing because he felt like it had to do with some partiality. But Esau was set to get it. And like I said before, Esau came out of the womb hairy. He was a hairy adult and he was also a hunter, but not Jacob. Jacob had smooth skin. He was a homebody. He was a mama's boy and he liked to cook. In fact, one day Esau comes home from uh, hunting and he's exhausted, hasn't eaten. And Jacob's got some lentil stew going on. And and Esau says, I'll, give me some stew. He said, before I die. And Jacob says, give me your birthright. And so Esau does a terrible mistake, which is a whole message in and of itself. But he gives up something powerful, his birthright, in exchange for something temporary. He gave it to Jacob. And Jacob receives Esau's birthright. It was traded to him. But Jacob was not convinced that his dad would be, would honor that exchange. And so he decided he needed to deceive his father as well. And so on the, on one of the days that his father is dying and wants to give the blessing, he sends Esau out to the field to hunt for him. And Jacob and his mom conspired to deceive dad. And so he puts on lambskin on his arms. So he feels furry and he wears some of Esau's clothes and, and he makes some, some of, some Jacob's or some of his dad's favorite, uh, favorite stew and he brings it to him. And his dad, who's blind, smells him and touches him and he goes, yep, you're Esau. And he blesses him. But Jacob got everything he ever wanted in this moment, but he got it because he deceived. He blessed the pretender not Jacob. And a lot of us are, are in that space. We're living out lies. We're, we're living out a lie about our finances, living out a lie about our spirituality, about our marriages. We're, we, we hope that, that the lies that we're living, or at least the human highlight reel that we have called social media, displays an image of perfection, of an image of we've got it all together so that we can earn power, we can earn respect, we can earn privilege and opportunity. We, we want that. We, we desire that. More than anything, we want people to, to want to be us so much that we're willing to, to, to lie and cheat and steal and to get all this stuff. And we're deceivers. We're, we're pretenders. And the high, highlight reel really hides the truth. But let me tell you this, though. God cannot bless who we pretend to be. God cannot bless who we pretend to be. There's some masks that need to be taken off. There's some secrets that need to be told. The most powerful reality of scripture says this, that he who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces, say, I'm going to tell you what I've done and I'm going to tell you I'm not going to do it again, finds mercy. If you have the guts to remove the mask and say, I don't have it all together, quit pretending, you'll find the mercy of God. And that's something that I need. That's something that you need. It's something we all need. King David experienced this. Look what he said. He said, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. In other words, when he, when he refused to talk about it, he held it all inside. He was, he was, he was groaning. He said, day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And some of you can relate to this. You understand this, like you're resting, but you wake up and you don't feel rested. It has nothing to do with external issue. It has everything to do with an internal issue that is going on with you. It's something within your soul that is just not right. And it's because you're holding on to your secrets. 
He said, finally, this is David again, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me and my guilt is gone. All my guilt is gone. Here's what I love about this, that God doesn't ask any questions when we come to confess. He simply forgives and removes. He forgave me and the guilt was gone. He forgives and he removes. We don't need to wrestle with our secrets anymore. The time to confess them and be healed is now. The thing is about these two battles that, that we wrestle with, like Jacob, the thing is, is, is we can't win these battles. We can't win this wrestling match with our past and with our secrets until we settle this last match and it's or wrestling with God. You can try to do that. You can try to settle those wrestling matches without God, but it's not going to work. Jacob tried everything to settle those wrestling matches. He tried the right marriage. He, he had several wives. He, he tried uh, the right money. He tried the right herds. He tried gifts to, to his, Esau, his brother. He, he tried taking things from him. He tried to uh, live with him. He tried to live without him. Like, I mean, he went on. He tried everything that he could to settle those wrestling matches. But in the end, he had to come back to God. It'll be the same today to, for you. Here's the thing that I know. Today, you can walk away from this message. You can choose to harden your heart. And here's what I know. And this is not me being cocky saying it. Is you'll be back. You'll be back. That's the, that's the assuredness I have in my job. Is that you'll be back. Because you don't need me to convince you. You, you don't. Life will convince you. Life will show you. You're not going to be able to settle those wrestling matches on your own. With your past. Or with your secrets. It's just not possible to do it on your own. You need God. Listen to what the Holy Spirit says in the next verse. And this is my prayer, man, has been my prayer all week for you guys is, is this. this. That's what the Holy Spirit says today. Today. Everybody say today. I'm talking to you. You that you that are far from God. Maybe you that are just resisting right now. You feel that resistance in your heart. I'm, I'm talking to you. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't, don't harden your hearts. And here's what's interesting. This phrase about hardening your heart is used three times in this chapter alone. Friends, when the Bible starts repeating something, we need to listen to it. This is a plea with us. Hardening your hearts is a choice. You're going to refuse to listen. You're going to say, no, this isn't for me. No, this couldn't be for me. I'm disqualified. I'm not good enough. You're hardening your hearts with whatever it is, maybe from your past or maybe because of your secrets. Don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. They saw some stuff go down, man. And they hardened their hearts. He said, so I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They always turn away from me. He said, they refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger... I took an oath. He said, as a result of them not doing things my way, which by the way, God's ways are better. God's ways are not always easy for us to live out because the rest of the world will persecute us because of what the rest of the world is doing. It looks good on the surface, but God's ways are always better for us. He's like, I've, I, I created you. I, the creator of the created being, know what's best for that which was created. 
and his ways are good. And he said, but they refuse them. And as a result, they'll never enter my place of rest. God will allow us to have conflict in our lives. I mean, the wrestling can continue if you want it to. God will allow it. That's what he does. He, he'll, he'll, he's not going to cause it, but he's going to allow it. You can choose that and he'll let you remain in a place of unrest where you're going to continue to wrestle. So how do we settle this wrestling with God? Well, there are two secrets, two secrets to, to settling this WrestleMania with him that will, that will make the other two so much easier to deal with. Here, here they are. There's two secrets. The first one is you got to give up being in control. You know, Jacob had his own solutions to his wrestling. He tried everything, but he decided to leave it all behind and to meet with God. He gave up control. You need to learn this about God, that brokenness precedes breakthrough. That, that the way you have to approach God, giving up control, is, is, is realizing that your ways don't work. Realizing that what you've been doing isn't working, will never work. And, and brokenness is humility, and you come to God, and it looks like you saying, I'm sorry. I give up. I need you. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I empty myself. I repent. Brokenness attracts the favor of God for a breakthrough in these areas you've been wrestling in. Check it out. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. You know, God's not looking for perfection. What he wants is honesty. Let me say that for those of you in the back. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for you to be honest about where you're at. He's looking for you to humble yourself before him. He wants you to admit you can't do it on your own, that you need him. Then he steps in. As a dad, as an earthly father, I have to tell you that one of the greatest parts of my day is when my kids come to me and say, dad, I can't do this on my own. Can you help me? I love that. I love that my kids need me. It honors me. It makes me feel loved by them. They come and say, dad, I, I can't fix this. Or dad, I broke this. Or dad, I messed up. And something that I put out in my parenting between my kids, especially as they've gotten older, something I would encourage every single one of you parents to do is, I told, even told my kids, because I watched my heavenly father do this in my life, is that if you come to me and confess the mess that you've made or the, the sin that you've committed or the wrong that you've done, if you come to me and tell me about it, there'll be no consequences for me. I'll stand with you and love you through it. But if I find out, or if I catch you, that's a whole other different thing. But, 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 but I love when my kids humble themselves and come to me and say, Dad, I need you. I, I need you in my life. In fact, Peter supports this. He says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I need favor. You need favor. A moment of favor is worth a lifetime of, of work. I, I promise you, you want favor. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourselves. Fasting is a way for us to do that. It's for us to humble ourselves, to deny ourselves something so that we can have more of God in our life. Brokenness precedes breakthrough. Secret to God. Got to give up control. And, and, and here's the, the next point underneath this wrestling with God. If you, if you want to settle this wrestling, is you need to give, give your whole life to God. Give your whole life to God. Give up control and give your whole life to God. Don't be halfway in. Go all in. Live a fully surrendered life, a life that we talked about a few weeks ago. Jesus said this, calling to the crowd uh, to join his disciples. 
This is like what I'm doing today. There's a whole lot of people watching online today. There's a whole lot of people that would be part of the crowd. They weren't his disciples. They weren't all in. They weren't following Jesus. They weren't doing what he said, building a relationship with him. They were just people, people in the crowd. And, and, and some of you here today, I, I'm calling to you. And Jesus is calling you. Come, come, be a, come out of the crowd. Be a disciple. He said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. So, so you got to give up control and, and you got to go all in. You just got to fully surrender to his lead. I'm going to give all my life to you. Every bit of it. Every, every part of it. And, and here's the thing. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Man, I like that. Jesus is really clear here in this moment. I'm going to be in control. Give me control. Give me every area and give me every, every part of your life. If you want to stop wrestling with God, you want to settle this one. This is what you've got to do. Because I think some of you here are part of the crowd. You're Sunday only Christians. You, you, you tune in and you clap a little bit. Maybe, maybe you throw a little, little money into the offering plate. You sit through here. But on, but on Sunday, that's it. That's the end of your spirituality. You've checked it off your list. You don't join a, a, a grow group. You don't lead a grow group. You don't serve when serve opportunities come up. You don't give sacrificially when those opportunities come up. You don't join us for 21 days of prayer or for fasting or for any of the other stuff that we do here as a church. You're just like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to go in on Sundays. And here's the thing. As your pastor, I have to tell you, this is not a heaven or a hell issue. You're, you're going to go to heaven, but I don't believe that unless you go all in on what God has for you, that you're going to receive all God has for you. I think disconnected from the body, you don't experience the flow of life that God intends for you. And so I encourage you to do everything we do here at Simple Church. I encourage you to, to join us on Sundays in this online format while our in-person Sunday services are suspended. And then when they resume to be there, every time the doors open, get there to church. I encourage you to go to Growth Track, discover your purpose, find out how you can make a difference in people's lives and then do it. Join a team so that you can serve. I encourage you to join a group. I encourage you to lead a group, to join us for prayer and fasting or to attend a freedom group. My goodness, we all need to go through a freedom group. Do all that we're doing here as a church and experience all God has for you. In fact, my encouragement and my promise to you every year is to give us a year. Give us a year being connected to all that God has for you. Do what we do. And I promise you that your life will change. It'll, it, it'll, it'll completely change because you'll encounter God in ways you've never encountered him before. And I promise you that you'll have the best year of your life. But if you want to settle the wrestling in your life with your past and with your secrets, you need to settle your wrestling with God. Give up control and give him your whole life. Amen, everybody. Let's pray. Father, today my prayer is for those that are already believers but that have been struggling with their secrets and struggling with their past, Lord. My prayer is that they, that they adopt an attitude of from here. That, that, that from this place, this is where I'm going to move forward and towards whatever it is that God has for them, Lord. I pray that, God, that you would give them the boldness not only to confess their secrets and take off their masks with you to, to experience your forgiveness and to experience you removing the guilt and the shame from their lives, but also, Lord, they would be willing to take off their mask with someone who, according to James 5, 16, that if they'll confess their sins to someone, that person will pray with them, they'll be healed of that, that they'll experience something even better, Lord. Father, I pray that, that 
we also come to a place of full surrender that in every area of our lives, God, we stop wrestling with you, that we give up control and we give you our whole lives. Lord, I desire for every person under the sound of my voice, every person that attends Simple Church, everybody that belongs to the body of Christ to have the greatest year that they've ever had if they'll have the greatest year spiritually they've ever had. So God, help them do that. May it be so in our lives. Now, for those of you that are, are here with us, I just, I'm continuing this moment of prayer. You need a from here moment. You've been caught up in the sins and the mistakes of your past, or maybe even the hurts that you've experienced from, from labels that people have put on you and, and, and uh, the things that people have said about you, or maybe the, the things that you've done and Whatever it is that you need to know, God is, from a, is a from here kind of God. Best part of his day, I believe, is when he gets to wipe your slate clean and give you a brand new start. And, and you need that. And right now you can have that. You can have a clean slate. God's not asking you for perfection. He's asking you, he's not asking you to clean yourself up. There's no discussion. You don't need to explain your situation. You don't need to spend any energy on that. God just wants you to, to receive salvation today, to receive forgiveness, to receive a brand new start. No questions asked. So if you're ready to do that, if you're ready to receive that, the way we do that is just by accepting the gift that Jesus gave us in his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life because we couldn't. And he gave his life in place of ours so that we could be forgiven and have a full and, and fulfilled life here on this earth and eternity in heaven with our Father. Today, if you're ready for that, to receive that gift, it won't cost you anything to receive it, but your response needs to be, I give you everything. I give you everything. I give you control and I give you my whole life. So if you're ready to do that, pray these words, say these words after me. If you're in our online campus, there's a little button that's popping up and in the chat box, just click it. It says, I'm raising my hand saying yes to Jesus. Just do that now. Pray these words, say, Jesus, I need you. I can't do this on my own. Forgive me for my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a brand new start. Show me how to live for you and teach me to tell others about you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, which means so be it. Come on, everybody. Can we celebrate with those that have said yes to Jesus today? They just made the best decisions of their lives. And from this moment on, from here, the trajectory of their lives will be changed because of this encounter you had with God. Now, my encouragement to you right now, and I'm asking you because I'm asking you as your pastor, if you didn't know I'm hit, I'm your pastor. I'm asking you to make the second best decision you can make in this moment. That's to fill out a connect card. There's a way to do that digitally. If you're in our online campus, there's a button that says connect card, click on it. If you're watching it in any other format or listening through the podcast, there's a link in the, uh, in the, the video description or the podcast description that says connect card, click on it. Make sure you fill it out. So we know that you made a commitment to say yes to Jesus today. We wanna make sure that you have a Bible. We wanna make sure that you know what your next steps are. We wanna make sure that, that we celebrate you being part of God's family. Amen, everybody? So make sure you do that. Today, as we wrap up our message, this is message one in a four-part uh, series. And uh, uh, as we wrap up, I wanna give you an opportunity to give. Ways to do that are popping up on the screen. Your faithfulness in this season is just amazing. 
stories come in week after week of uh, what your generosity is accomplishing and doing. And I'm just so thankful for you guys as a church. We're still gathering together our numbers for what our Christmas Eve service did, the impact that it made, because uh, we always set aside a, a window of time for people to watch those Christmas services and to give, because we gave away 100% of it to the Dream Center. So we're still tallying what those numbers look like, but so thankful for your generosity in that. I hope that the next message we do, I'll be able to share that number with you because man, your generosity is worth celebrating. So uh, join us next week as we continue this series. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. live on Facebook for day number two of our 21 days of prayer. Other than that, God bless you. I love you. I miss you. And uh, we'll see you back here next Sunday as well in our campus. Bye, guys.